Today, we dive deep into going live on video, overcoming your fears, and why sometimes when things go wrong, it's just an opportunity to connect with your fans even more. Take it away, Kathy. That's what takes a video from being just you showing somebody how to do something to you really reaching in there and you're like there with them. Hey there, I'm Jason Logston, and this is Macon Bacon. We're all about helping you serve your fans, grow your income, and get the most out of your blog. One of the biggest challenges bloggers and creators have is connecting with our audiences, of letting our personality come through, and making our fans feel involved and connected. But one of the best ways to do this is through video, especially live video. But between technology concerns and our fear of messing up, especially live, many bloggers shy away from it. But today's guest is the perfect person to give us that boost of confidence we need to get out there and connect. She is a blogger at Plant-Based Instant Pot and Healthy Slow Cooking. She is also a recipe developer, teaches live monthly online cooking classes, and is the author of 11 cookbooks, which have sold over 150,000 copies. That just blows my mind. As someone with about that many cookbooks out, that is a lot of copies to sell. She started doing live Facebook videos a few years ago and found that it forged a strong connection with her audience. So she took those skills and started doing live online cooking classes in addition to working with brands on Facebook Lives. She's an avid teacher and loves to help people learn to do what they used to be afraid of. I can't wait to learn from today's guest, Kathy Hester, cookbook author from Healthy Slow Cooking and Plant-Based Instant Pot. Kathy, welcome to Making Bacon. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. So I really appreciate you coming on and I can't wait to dive into getting the most out of Facebook Live. So I'm looking forward to making mine even better than I've been doing. But one thing I like to start with is what is it like around your dinner table on a typical day? Oh gosh. We're so bad now that our dinner table is the couch and whatever like mind candy TV we want, that's part of our, our um, family gathering. <laughs> 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 so it sometimes it depends if I'm working on a class. So like uh, last week I did a, a vegan sushi class. So and my wife does not like nori, so I made some onigiri and some nigiri for her. But yeah, she was done. So <laughs> we had um, heat up Indian food out of a pack, like you know the little tasty bite packs. Oh, Yesterday yeah. she was so excited. So. <laughs> But yeah, she is not as experimental as I am. So she would like to have a normal life where she gets to have the same lasagna every time <laughs> we have lasagna. And I make a lasagna twice the same way and that's it. <laughs> I do a lot of uh, sous vide. Uh, my, my normal blog is all about sous vide cooking and we run a sous vide conference every year. And Korea and Cuisine Solutions were our sponsor and they helped do the um, cooking for it. And they're the ones that do the Starbucks egg bites, which is most people's introduction to sous vide. But they did um, tomatoes that they cooked sous vide and then they put over sushi rice and it looked and tasted almost just like with uh, tuna sushi. It was amazing. Yeah, I've seen that too, like with some marinatings with, with some different kinds of seaweeds. And I've also heard that flax oil I saw someone do carrots like that with flax oil to do salmon. Nice. And that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I made a smoky crab salad with smoked tofu and sriracha that turned out really good. 
That sounds amazing. I was amazing. shocked. Yeah, I was shocked. You know, sometimes you, as you know too, because you do recipes, sometimes you start a recipe and you're like, this is really going to be interesting. <laughs> yep. One of those, you're not sure how it's going to turn out, but. <laughs> exactly. So that's what it's been like with our dinner table. We, we took, after the class, we took sushi to friends so I could see people enjoy the sushi and feel happy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's always good when people are eating what you cook and you can see the joy in their faces. It is. It, it makes it all worthwhile. Yep. So, and, and kind of going into like live video, that's one of the things you don't really get, you know, like most of the time we're not on zoom calls like now, like, so sometimes you can see somebody doing something and then also there's really connecting. And I, I find that it's interesting on a zoom call and you'll notice when we're like this, I'm going to look at you some, right? Yeah. And that's natural in a zoom call. And then I try to remember, Oh, there's another audience out here. Right. And I'm looking at the camera. And when I connect with the camera like this, then whoever's watching us is going to feel like they're sitting on the other side of the counter with me. And that's what takes a video from being just you showing somebody how to do something to you really reaching in there and you're like there with them. And it's almost like in um, some of the videos I have about starting to do live video, I even talk about, it's almost like you drop watching here, right? You can see that. And now I'm, wa I'm looking through the computer and isn't it weird how much of a difference that makes? It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah so I, I did an entire live when I had my notes over or I had the video off center. So I was ma maintaining eye contact like this, the entire, <laughs> entire video with the person I was interviewing. I, I rewatched it. I was like, I just look like I'm completely disinterested in what's going on. But I was, I thought I was making eye contact the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And that, if I can give everybody one big tip, that's the thing. And, and one of the things you can do if you're new, like on your phone, like, I'm this camera and we'll look at some other cameras later, but this one is my MacBook. So it has a little green light. So I just have to look at the light. They have those little um, stickers that you put on notebook paper and you can stick that on your camera where you're supposed to look or on your phone so that you have a circle around it. Um, and at first you feel super stupid doing it. And it feels weird to me right now doing it while I'm on Zoom because I'm like, I've got kind of like one eye on you to the side <laughs> view of one over here. Um, and you don't have to like, again, you don't want to keep the crazy eye contact <laughs> yep. either, right? No blinking for, that's <laughs> yeah. the key to live video. Don't blink for the entire time. Right? <laughs> I would pass out. My classes are like over two hours long. <laughs> um, and I, when we were talking to you, you mentioned kind of making mistakes live. And the thing is, is we're people and people make mistakes and it just makes you more real and more accessible. So even if you, if people who are watching who have never seen me before already, they've gathered some things about me and probably decided if they like those things or not. And it's okay either way, right? We're not for everyone. Obviously, I'm not super professional. I'm like, this is my professional shirt because it doesn't have <laughs> graphics on it <laughs> or Harry Potter on it. Um, I'm super casual, super inviting, super inclusive is my brand. And, and so for me to try and be perfect 
or to try and go, oh, well, that didn't happen. Like, I seriously had lumpy gravy in one class. Like, it just, sometimes I'm making, like, if I'm doing an Instant Pot class, I will literally have four Instant Pots going at the same time. Like, it's a lot of multitasking. So sometimes something goes wrong. And I could have been like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. My gravy's lumpy. And then I went, let me think for a second. If this is, if someone said right now I had lumpy gravy, what would I do? And I'm like, let's put this in the blender. Cause it's like a no brainer and it worked perfectly. And now instead of them going away from that class going, Oh my God, that Kathy girl doesn't know how to cook. They're like, look at that. I don't have to be scared of lumpy gravy anymore because I've got a solution if that were to happen. So now I can be brave and make all the gravies I want. Cause I have the solution. Yeah. It's amazing how little, little issues like that can really be learning experiences for everyone in the class. And just to see like, cause so many people would get lumpy gravy and they'd be like, Oh, like dinner's ruined now. And they start to panic and they see you get lumpy gravy. Like, okay, one, that means that I'm not doing something horribly wrong and a bad person. Cause I have lumpy gravy. Then you're like, Oh, lumpy gravy. Let me show you how to fix it. They're like, next time I get this, when my in-laws are coming over or something, I'm not going to panic because Kathy showed me how to fix it and she was calm doing it. So I know I'm not a failure in the kitchen. Right. And and for me, that builds, because no matter what I'm doing, if I'm teaching people how to do video or teaching people how to cook, I realized that I just like teaching and, and you just have to create the sense of like mistakes happen, life goes on and and no one beats themselves up more than me. So I just don't want anyone else dealing with that. You know, I freak out or like, I will look back at this video and go, oh my God, that piece of hair was doing what? You know, <laughs> like we're all obsessed with how we look. And the thing is, is when, especially when you're doing food, what we're doing is we're giving gifts to our people. We're giving inspiration and recipes and knowledge. They don't care what our hair looks like. And if they do, they're not probably not watching us anyhow. They're watching Food Network where someone got like done up by the makeup artist and all that. <laughs> but especially with the, um, the pandemic and quarantine and all of those things, people need that personal connection more than ever. So one of the things I keep saying is do live video and give your audience what they crave because it's a different kind of connection. Like it's, 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 you're not with your friends all the time. You're not with your family all the time. You're not getting that stuff, that good juice. And so when things were starting off every day for my uh, Facebook group, I went live and we either, sometimes I'd make a recipe. Sometimes we'd chat. I literally ran out of things. I'm like, we're going to do a chop and chat. I have too many onions and I need to chop them up to freeze them. Like I always do. We chopped onions together, me and like 15 people for three hours and (laughs) chatted and they asked, Oh, what can I do about this? Do you have a recipe for that? You know, it gave them an opportunity and this was early on. So people were really feeling a little more claustrophobic than they are now and a little more alone. And so a lot of my audience skews older and it, what happened that was unexpected is as that happened, my community started supporting each other more and they kept talking to each other while we were doing this, even though it was a Facebook live and they're just texting basically or typing, they created these relationships with each other and it was beautiful to see. It's been one of the interesting things for me. I've been doing Facebook lives for 
probably about a month and a half, I would say. So I've done, I think, eight or 10. So I'm pretty new to it, but I've done enough that I like, I'm getting a feel for it and finally settling into how it works. And it was real interesting that there's some people now, they come in and they say hi to each other and they ignore me. Like they, they will contribute later to the comments, but the first thing they do is like, oh, I see, you know, Darren's hair. Like, what are you doing, Kevin? And they start like having a conversation because they, they know that coming in and being a part of my live is the other people that are generally showing up, generally show up and they can have conversations and it's a shared experience that they, they get to enjoy. And then they start contributing to the conversation once they, once they say hi to all their buddies and stuff. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, you know, we think about our communities and you know, it's catchphrase, but this is community in a real form. Mm -hmm. This isn't just, I have X amount of readers and they're my community. This is like a real, like if people were hanging out community and I love it. I, I think it. that's the, the really weird thing is like a blogger, you put out blog posts, like, you know, that's how most of us got started. You write a recipe, mm -hmm. you put it out, you look at your stats and you're like, oh man, like only 150 people read this post or whatever. And they're just these nameless people that you generally don't hear from and they might occasionally comment, but then you do a Facebook live and especially when you're getting started, you might have five or eight people in there, but they're communicating with you and you know who they are and you can, you know, I can tell you like, Darren and Kevin and Mark and Mike are our biggest people that are in almost every Facebook live that I do. And it's, you know, a 10th of the audience that my blog posts are getting, but they know me, I know them and I get, I know their personalities and we just kind of have grown together. And it's a great satisfaction. It's like, it's like getting a comment is nice in your blog post, but having someone talk back and forth with you on a Facebook live or knowing that some, someone showed up because they want to see you and they're supporting you all the time. It's, it's a, it's hugely rewarding and it's also just good fun. And, and you just like do, you know, we've trained them, trade our readers to do things for blog posts. You kind of train your readers to do things for Facebook lives or, you know, your watchers or viewers. And one of the things I'm always like, where are you from? What's the weather? Because we all love to kvetch about the weather. It's, you know, it's like nice five days out of the year. But, and, and, and with, since I have a big window back there, it's always kind of viewed what's going on here or how it's too hot to cook or it's too this. There's, and one of the things that people worry about is they're not going to have anything to say. And some people do write scripts and I am not anti-script in any way, but I am not a script follower. So I would spend all that time and make a script and still go off script. Yep. So, and that was my kitty saying hello to you. <laughs> and nice. that's something, one of the things people worry about too is like, oh my God, my dog's going to bark. My cat's going to do this. My kids are going to do that. And people love it. People go, oh, how's, you know, this is Moxie, but the dog barks a lot. Oh, Max must see the mailman. You know, these are the <laughs> comments I get. And last night I did an unboxing and our pet water fountain went dry and it makes this horrible noise. And then, so I'm like, and then Max is like, <laughs> and I'm like I had to run over, take my water and throw it into the thing. <laughs> it was very exciting. Um, and no one is, is going to say, well, I'm never going to watch her again. They were like, wow, this is like reality TV. You know, all the things are happening. And so I just want to encourage everyone to know that mistakes are going to happen. 
and I had someone pull into the driveway who just sat in the driveway and so the dog was going to bark until I went outside and said, hey, dude, what do you need? Why are you here? And so I've, I, it's very different than TV. So TV, you have certain rules, you know, you, you do want to wear certain colors. You do want to do certain things. And, and I find that for here and like, since I'm still kind of feeling my way around my live video brand and how I'm different. So right now I'm, I, like I was telling you, I wear a colored solid shirt right now, but with my cooking stuff, I'm known, I, I'm a big Harry Potter fan and I have six year old women who don't care, but love to see what shirts I'm going to wear. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, that's the best shirt ever. And so part of my, cause that is me. You know, I am a middle-aged lady, but I do what I want. And so it's, it's a perfect opportunity for branding as well, yeah. you know, and if you are a super business uptight person, if you can learn to let go of some of the um, possibilities of things not falling exactly the way you want it to be, you'll have a more successful life. I like, um, to your point about scripts, I think it's the way that I generally do it when I do uh, interviews like this or a lot of my Facebook lives are interviewing people. And I, I write down all the questions I want to ask and I make sure that I do the research and I have it down. And like in this conversation so far, I knew some of the points I wanted to touch on and I haven't actually gone back because you segued directly into one and I haven't looked at my notes, but I, I know where I, we are in the notes and I know what I want to ask and I'm comfortable like for me, the act of taking notes helps solidify everything in my brain. So now I know where I want to go and I can more easily not look at a script. <laughs> and that makes total sense too. So, and, and for me, like if I'm doing certain things, like in a class, if I'm doing five recipes, I print out the recipes and things like that. Also, if I'm doing a live and, and I can show you a little bit, I look at my computer screen to see comments and things like that. So, um, it's okay to do to look away and to do things because like everyone knows they're on a Facebook live with me. If I'm not <laughs> looking at my computer, then I'm completely ignoring everyone. When I was first doing lives, I would have like maybe a list of five to 10 things I knew I wanted to say in case I got caught up in something. So I would go, Oh, well I know that I want like freezing onions. People are like, what else can you freeze? Well, I gotcha. Right. <laughs> You know, like what, or what is some cool tip you can pull out that people may not know? Yep. And then if there's a lull and, and it, it's easy to throw out there, I get excited. So when I'm excited, I just want to give all the information. And we were talking about that before. Like, I'm like, no, 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 ask me more. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And there's, there's nothing wrong too. Like if you do better free form to allow yourself to do that. So like um, my friend Virginia Willis usually writes down what she's going to do and then, but doesn't work off a script and a friend of hers that she's been doing videos with scripts every word and memorizes it, which is my nightmare. Cause I would, I would be focusing so much on whatever I forgot that I wouldn't be able to go forward. Yep. I used to do that for recorded videos. I would have everything written down. And even when I do recorded videos now, I just do an outline and it, it makes it, at least for me, it makes it so much more natural that I'm, I know that my talking points, but I am 
putting it in my own words in live time, not just trying to read it and put emotion into a script that I've done. I think each, every person, again, like the beauty about live is that you get to do what you're good at in the way that it works for you. I mean, um, someone was suggesting that I put up like a, I could put up a big, move the TV over here and have all my stuff go through. And I'm like, oh my God, that would be a nightmare for me. Because I would be keeping up with that. I wouldn't be checking with the questions. And I feel like my thing is, oh, you want to know, you don't eat these eight things. Here, let me tell you how you can change each eight thing out in this recipe to make this for you. Because that's, yeah. that's what I do well. Yeah, I think there is when you do a Facebook Live or when you do pretty much anything, you should know what you're trying to accomplish with it. And I feel like doing very specific things in a very specific manner with a very specific look is what recorded video and edited video with multiple cameras or whatever is for. Facebook Live is, in my opinion, more for connecting. It's for interacting with your audience. And so it's less about saying the right thing all the time or seamlessly having a stream of consciousness. It is, you know, occasionally just looking over the side and being like, oh, let's see who we have here. And -and so-and-so said hi. Like, oh, no. Where was I? Let me check my let me check my notes, everyone. I was, you know, it was fun catching up, but I forget where we were. And then going back, like no and one nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nobody cares. I'm like, I'm a middle aged lady. I seriously will be like, Do you guys remember what I was talking about? Because I just forgot. And someone will go, No, you were talking. Oh yeah. Okay, let's go on. And so, it is like a conversation with a friend. It's a conversation over coffee, or it's just this like real casual thing. And what I love about live video versus edited video is exactly that, no editing. Mm-hmm. So while you do have to get used to making some mistakes and being okay with them, owning them, being out there, it takes hours less time to do that. I keep my studio set up in my kitchen all the time. So I literally can go live. I just turn on a button. My lights come on and sync everything up together. Um, And I will say, even if you just have some lights that you move in or out, or you're fine with your lights or you have a camera, you move in and out very easily, you're going to be more likely to do it. If you are able to at all to have a setup and leave it there, um, it's a lot easier and it's the more you do it, the better you will get at it. So it's like, I always like people say practice makes perfect. And I think that's BS (laughs) practice makes progress. As long as you practice, you're going to get better and you're going to, and part of getting better with live video is getting through your own personal barriers. And it it sounds weird and it sounds all like, you know, touchy feely, but you know, there's a reason that you focus on your appearance or how you said something. It took me two years to not hate hearing my voice. So I was like, Oh my God, I sound like Minnie Mouse. And now I'm like, (laughs) I've heard it enough that it doesn't surprise me anymore. I'm like, it doesn't sound like Minnie Mouse to me anymore. I'm okay. I'm okay as a human being now, (laughs) you know, or I was saying, uh, Guajilo wrong for a while because a nice Hispanic man did not want to correct me. And I had asked him because I wanted to be corrected because I cook a lot of um, international foods because I love the ingredients and it's so amazing and the flavors and I get excited. Um, 
So lots of times I have to ask people, or I might say, somebody came on and their name truly was Denine. It was D-E-N-I-N-E. -E, and I'm like, it could be any of these three things. And I said, you know, and I apologize for whatever it is that I'm saying wrong. And then they came back and it's like, it's okay. So it's okay to mispronounce things. It's okay to be a regular person. And we all have our childhood, third grade fears of talking and doing this, that, or the other. And those are all little barriers. So like in the, one of the classes I teach is a four week class for, I say live video for the shy and reluctant. <laughs> shy because maybe you just don't want to be on the camera. Yep. <laughs> reluctant because maybe one of your barriers and a lot of people's barriers are like, well, I don't have $5,000 to spend on equipment to start doing live video. Well, you don't need it. You have a, you have a video studio in your pocket with your phone, right? Yeah. I feel pretty strongly about this question, but I'm curious. I want to hear your answer to it. Okay. What, in your opinion, what did somebody need if they say, I'm interested in trying out some live stuff? What do they actually need technically to get started with it? Honestly, so in the two classes I teach, we do it on the phone. On a, so obviously you need a smartphone with an internet connection that's new enough. It doesn't have to be 4K phone. It doesn't have to be the latest iPhone. But a lot of people have iPhones that aren't doing video and say, I don't have anything to make video on. And I hate to tell you, but you do. Yep. You really I, do. Second, I agree fully with that. Right. Yeah. Because again, we're not going for perfection. And like I said, right now, we're on my MacBook camera. See, middle-aged lady. There you go. <laughs> um, and it's a 720. It's not even a 1080 on MacBook Pros. Okay. But the reason my 720 may look a little better than yours is because I'm lit really well. Mm -hmm. You know, so lighting would be lighting and a tripod or something to set it up on. Actually. Give me one second around the corner. <laughs> you don't even need a tripod for your phone because I bet you got one of these at a food conference like I did. Oh, yeah, the side chef. Yeah. Oh, I, sorry. I wasn't even trying to brand anything. Just <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Because then even you could put it up high on uh, boxes and then mm -hmm. that way it's just stable because the only thing you don't want to do is pile it up and then have it plop over. Yep. Um, so, but even just something super cheap, like a piece of plastic like this, I also, and I've kind of got this set up for that. Uh, I have a little Manfrotto and we'll see if that ends up being set up where I wanted it. Um, so having something to stabilize it a little bit, you can get a proper tripod or something, but what I want is for people to get into this with the easiest way possible so if you've got a phone you don't have to get something fancy but I think you can probably get this at the like drugstore or yeah. somewhere for like five bucks the next thing I would say is check your lighting and where you can get some nice lights and lights can go anywhere from a hundred bucks to thousands of dollars I do not have thousands of dollars worth of lights I have a pair that cost me a hundred and a pair that cost me two hundred so, you know, and if you're not there yet, if $100 seems like too much money for lights, you can bring some lamps in. Yeah. You can, if I, you have one of those um, things I that. I use uh, an LCD, uh, I think it was $18. Excellent. And it's just plugged in and bounces off the wall. 
and that's a great thing to do too. So like I, I have lights up here, but then, and actually let me just, I'm jumping over to a different program. Let's see if you can sort of. And we'll, for all the, uh, for all the listeners out there, we will put uh, pictures of this. Uh, we'll take some screenshots and we'll put them on the show notes page. So if you go to make that slash Kathy, they will show up there. Okay. Awesome. So I just have those four lights and they are actually, Cheryl's the best. They're on, when I bought them, they came with tripods, but we actually have them. We took the bottoms off and she got some tiki torch things that go on the porch, $5 each. We were looking at these things that were like $70 each. They look the same and they are connected to my counter. And so if you wear glasses, it's good to have it up high. Cause see, you see, if I look up a little bit, it's a little bit different when I have the camera set up. If you don't have glasses, you'll never ever think about this, but so, but you really can get some lights very inexpensively or even just like those gooseneck, you know, like the college lights that'll probably be coming out at target soon. (laughs) A couple of those pointed around. And if you have a white wall or white ceiling, you can bounce off of that too. And that will improve a bad camera. I agree that the, all you really need to get started is some sort of camera that's connected to the internet, whether that's on your computer, whether that's on your, your phone. And I think a lot of people look at the technology and they use that almost as an excuse of why they, I don't have the right thing. So I can't go live when it's not the technology. It's like you were saying more internal fears. And I can relate to that. I remember the first time that I was doing, got on camera and it was, like in my kitchen, it wasn't live, it was recorded, no one would ever see it. And I felt awkward and uncomfortable and afraid. And I had no idea why, because there was me and my dad and a camera and no one would ever see it. And it was, it was so weird for me to do. And now that I've done it and done it and done it and done it, I don't really even think about the camera anymore. But the only way you can get to that point is to do it and keep doing it more and more. The quickest way, there's two really quick ways to kind of do it. If you've never done it before, one is to go live every day for seven days. If you can commit to that, if you're, if you're like, that's a piece of cake, go live every day for 30 days. Even if it's Monday through Friday, I'll, I'll take it. I will. Because you're going to feel even seven days after seven days, you've done it every day. You're, you've got your setup where you're going back and forth or you have it set up. And then you're not thinking about where do I need to put the lights? Where does the camera need to go? There's all this stuff you're taking out of the equation that's in there to begin with. Like the very first Facebook live I did, I didn't, I was using a phone and I didn't realize I needed a different app Hmm. for my page. So, I mean, I have done all the mistakes and all the mistakes are live on the web. Should you wish to see them? (laughs) So, um, And now I do kind of have a fancier setup. So it's progressed though over a period of three years and it doesn't need to be a goal. There are people who have fancier, more expensive setups than I do. I mean, we could, we could definitely do like a nuclear arms race (laughs) with equipment. (laughs) And, and I was just talking to Jason earlier about getting a new microphone which is great for all my lives, but it's terrible for interviews because I can't hear the person asking me questions. So <laughs> we, le- we learned that when we <laughs> logged on. 
for the for the pre-show chat. <laughs> Thank God there was a pre-show chat. <laughs> like, huh? What? Can't hear but you. if we would have been live, we would have sorted it out. <laughs> Absolutely. And as you can tell, I have no problems breaking the rules, going off set, grabbing something <laughs> and coming back in. I've even talked to classes going downstairs to the big freezer. Mm -hmm. I was just like, yes, I forgot this. And I just talk and give them tips and just, you know, they're watching Max or birds out the window. I don't know. So whatever's going on, again, it, it's about, think about what your purpose is. Kind of like when you were talking before, Jason, about writing down, you know, what the purposes of this live is. Mm -hmm. And I also want to come back to, you don't have to do anything hard. And this is the thing that we, it, it, it took me a while to figure out. I, I remember going into my group going, I just don't feel that good. I want to do something easy. Are you guys going to feel cheated if I show you how to make Cajun spice blend? Right? And they're like, no, we would love to know that. And it became, it was one of my most popular videos. And I'm like, seriously? We put some stuff in. I did show the, the grinder because I felt super lazy. And I do like to grind my spice blends um, and talk about grinders. But I'm like, it can be the simple, most mindless task ever. I got a request. Let's freeze mushrooms. Okay, I'll show you how I buy mushrooms and I chop them up and I freeze them. Right. And it seems like, are you kidding me? Who is going to watch that? But there were all different kinds of questions. Well, do I have to cook them longer? What does it do with the water? Like they had some great questions and I'm like, you know, I never really noticed that there was a lot of liquid cause I'm sautéing it. Yeah. So I'm kind of, it's kind of going away, but people end up with these great questions. And I work with a population that has dietary restrictions. So like I work sometimes with people who can't have salt, sugar, or oil. So doing a spice blend and showing them how they could make something seem salty without adding salt to a Cajun spice blend is pretty special to them. And it, it's the things that we know and that are easy to us. That's why they're watching us. Yeah, it's we're the experts and, you know, your audience views you as an expert, even if you don't always see yourself as one. Like that's the ideal audience is people that know less than you generally. Earlier you were talking about your brand and kind of establishing who you are on camera. And I think that's part of it as well is like, what type of content do you want to talk about? And this isn't something that you need to, you know, have a five page document written out about this is what I'm going to talk about before I ever go live. This is something that you should, in my opinion, you should have, um, in the back of your mind and you should be trying to develop as you do lives to see what works, what doesn't and kind of what direction are you slowly meandering towards and then you can find what your brand really is as you move forward. And, and it's true. It's true. And it's what you're comfortable in because like, it's very easy for me to talk about just being me, you know, like I'm, I wear Crocs and yoga pants and Harry Potter t-shirts when I'm teaching because it's hot and I'm cooking for two hours, right? So that's normal. But it's also equally okay to be Virginia Willis with a signature lipstick color, right? And that's like one of her things. And she's done a lot of TV. I don't know. I think you've probably met Virginia before. But I'm not sure, yeah. Okay, she's a Southern cookbook author. Um, yeah. You might be interested in talking to her. 
but we'll, yes. we can talk about that later. But she's, she's a friend of mine. upcoming episode of Bacon Bacon. <laughs> we have a promise from Kathy Hester that... <laughs> I'll hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> but we even taught, actually, we taught uh, a class together where I was talking about doing live video, and she was talking about media training and doing things on TV. Because in some ways, it's kind of funny to have that class, because in one way, I'm she's going to tell you all these rules, and I'm going to go, <laughs> you know, like clean your sure kitchen. Like, so <laughs> traditionally, I shouldn't have any of this stuff up back there, right? Because mm -hmm. it should be a clean kitchen for TV. But I'm not on TV, and I want people to feel like they're here in my real kitchen. Now, they don't get to see the real kitchen, yeah. right? This is this is me on a good day. <laughs> yeah. I pick up all the dishes before I do it. You know, like but this is my real kitchen in the back, but I made sure that we don't have dirty dishes sitting on the counter when we did this morning. <laughs> right, right. So there is some little little bit of upkeep. And some people are like, well, I can't keep my kitchen clean all the time. And I just think that their kitchen is probably cleaner than mine. You know, like, and you can get away with a lot, like, Seriously, there's some. There are some dishes in the sink, but you're probably not going to notice them. D ditto. Oh, you know, <laughs> put down, and and some of that just you need to think about: Are you okay with that, or do you want to have this clean minimalist? Is that part of your brand? Mm -hmm. And if it's part of your brand, then go for it. Um, and honestly, you can use a green screen and do backdrops if you feel really moved to do that. Um, I have a big kitchen counter. So this kitchen counter is probably three feet wide and I don't know, like 12 feet long, like, and I'm five one. So like I'm always <laughs> never getting across to it. But so I bring up um, a hot plate to do it here instead of doing it on my stove because it just works out better logistically for me. But you, if, that, if you don't have this counter, you can have a camera or your phone about here having it look at your stuff and you can look up in it and go and blah, 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 and this is why I did that, and you can do that. You don't have to have the perfect fancy setup either. People seem to get nervous about, you know, as part of a brand is like, what do you wear? Are you so, you know, made up or not? And the thing that I always like to say is like, if I'm going to meet my friends at the bar for a few drinks, I dress differently than if I'm going out to like a two or three star Michelin restaurant with my wife. I am not more authentic, whatever that really means in one or the other. I'm just, it's a different situation. So I'm wearing different things. And for my making bacon interviews, I wear a button up shirt that I've, I wear different ones, but I wear a button up shirt in all my interviews. And for my, um, amazing food made easy Facebook lives. I wear one of my sous vide t-shirts and so it's different looks different audiences slightly different brands but this is a shirt that I would wear out to dinner with my wife you know not to a Michelin restaurant it's short sleeve but you know I wear it when I want to look semi-decent and I wear t-shirts when I go out with my friends a lot so it's they're both still me and I feel very comfortable in them I'm not wearing like a tie which I never wear or a suit mm. or you know, a wife beater, which I don't go, you know, that casual, like it's, it's me. And it's, I'm just choosing which me to kind of put on camera. Yeah. And I like that idea too. Cause I think um, one of the things I said to you is that I think authenticity is a weird thing to talk about. And yeah. I do. And I, cause I always talk about, cause you eventually you have to broach authenticity. And I always think that's the weirdest blogger conversation ever, because if you yeah. have to talk about it, you're probably not being authentic. <laughs> 
So, but you know, the, being authentic is making mistakes. So it's all the things we're saying. You know, if you can't authentically be perfect, yeah. right? And and I do like the way that doesn't mean you can't tweak things, right? And so I'm just as comfortable in this as I like you're saying as I would be in something else, like probably coming out in a ball gown. <laughs> now, what I could come out with is, is dressed up in my Harry Potter outfits, and I have yeah. done that before. But you know, <laughs> it has to be right. You know, you have to be making cockroach clusters for Halloween. <laughs> I've done a video doing that. And you get you can have fun and dress up or not. And another thing people really worry about in the beginning, and I hear this so many times, what if nobody shows up? What if there's mm -hmm. nobody there? And you know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's the it that's a big barrier to get over because we're doing live video. So in our brains, we're like, well, then that means it's one chance people see it. No. The great thing about doing live video is that it's repurposable. So one of the first way it gets repurposed all on its own is that you save it on Facebook and it's there. And so even if I maybe only have 10 or 15 people watching, I could have a thousand people who've seen it in a couple of days. That's the same with ours. We generally have like between 10 and 20 people at any time live. And then by the end of the week, we have 1,000 to 1,500 people have watched the video afterwards. And I think that's really pretty typical. And I mean, I, I hadn't, I actually took a break for some lives for a few weeks and I just popped on and I'm like, nobody's going to be here. I'm going to do this unboxing really quick of, cause I do misfit market, um, which is the grocery service that I get. They don't pay me or anything. It's just, I, I was like, people love unboxings. Let me try this. And they were like, this is awesome. <laughs> I can unbox. And, and again, that's a great one to start with. Unbox something. Yep. You got lots to talk about. Um, and so I didn't even do it the right way. I just went on Facebook instead of going through Ecamm like I usually do. And I just went in. I'm like, oh, I'll share it around. And then I came back and I'm like, there's 20 people here. And I'm <laughs> like, thanks for waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Think anybody was here so and most of the time the people that come and as you do more and more it will you will see a sample of the same people and just like if you have a Facebook group these are the people to get information from what do they want to see you do a live on what would they like to see you do a class what recipe are they looking for what food do they have right now that they don't know what to do with so when you think about, okay, well, doing a live is just one more thing. It's not just one more thing. It's one thing that you're doing that you can get a lot of different, A, information for yourself that will help your blog and all your other social media. And plus, it gives your Facebook a little boost, too. Um, I was really surprised. I haven't done Facebook live uh, classes, but I've done hands-on classes, like when I'm teaching people in person. And it amazed me how much just questions they have and how much that informed content that I should add to my blog and to my website. It's just like the best market research you can do is watch somebody try to cook one of your recipes. Absolutely. And it, it amazes me too, because I have a couple of people that are really experienced They've done almost everything I do, but they're the ones that paid for the year version of Kathy's Cooking Club. Oh. And yeah, and they are kind of 
I hate to, it seems trite to call them super fans, but they, they are my super support system. <laughs> and they're the ones if I forget to go, because I have a Halloween ebook. And if I forget to put it, what about Kathy? Don't forget, Kathy has this great Halloween ebook. And I'm like, oh crap, thanks. You know, they become really an integral part of your business and your business model because they are the people you're working for. It is amazing to me. I'm interviewing someone um, that has been involved in all of our Facebook lives tomorrow. So I was doing, working on my, my questions that I have to ask them. And they're just a, person on Facebook that doesn't have, they're not a blogger. They're not a, you know, they don't work for a company. There's someone involved in the sous vide community. And I went to their Facebook profile to look at, you know, like, okay, what recipes have they done recently that I can ask them about to have conversation? Mm -hmm. And probably half of their feed is resharing content from my site and from the ISVA site I work with. And like, that's the type of person you want to nurture and they're in our Facebook lives and they're following. And when we put out something, they're sending it out to their network of people. And that brings in a lot of new people. And that's how social networks are supposed to work. And, and it is those people that are sharing and interested and, you know, it, it makes a big difference. Um, and I don't know, I think also we can't forget too that while the pandemic is affecting everyone else, it affects us as creators as well. And I always say, we, when I'm working with my people, it's like we have this COVID blanket. So you might normally feel a little depressed during this time of the year, but now you feel a little extra. Or maybe it's a little harder to do those things you really don't like to do anyhow. Yeah. And so getting to connect with your audience and have some of this feedback is really uplifting. And it really makes things seem worthwhile. Whereas I think as we're going now, I, I, or at least a lot of the women, especially that I've been talking to, women bloggers kind of go back and forth a little bit more now. We always have these obstacles and this, you know, who am I, the, what is it, um, imposter syndrome. But I think some, the COVID blanket kind of makes it a little bit extra. And having that feedback and knowing that what you're doing is really helping someone because that's, we're all helpers. We're, you know, I don't think anyone thinks I'm going to blog and I'm going to be the most, you know, famous, coolest person ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to be a movie star because I blogged. Yep. Yeah, I think it's when you have doubts and you worry about the content you're putting out, being in a live when you have people in there that are giving you direct feedback right away and are like thanking you for what you're saying. And they're so appreciative that it's easier to put aside any doubts that you have and be like, well, if all these people think that I'm helping them, then maybe I should stop listening to myself. Like everyone tells me to stop doing Where on the blog is just so hard because you're just throwing stuff out there and don't hear a lot. Yeah. And especially with people making less and less comments these days and things like that, it is harder. Sometimes what I'll do too is either I'll take a live and put that into a blog post or turn a blog post into a live, you know, like take a recipe and kind of, it's another way you can repurpose some of your content. Um, I do one thing with my Facebook lives that I will tell you that all the experts tell you not to do, but I have not been unhappy with it is I put my Facebook lives up on YouTube. I am not a YouTuber, but I was able to monetize because I got enough subscribers and views just from doing that. 
so that now in the future, that's one of the things I want to do is try and really work on my YouTube channel and make content just for it. But you can think about that. You can also take these um, lives. And one of the things I did is I did a five day instant pot challenge and it's an, an email drip where they go to one of the videos on YouTube that was alive with the recipes, then with like a, a few recipes for that day that they could pick from, from my blog. And so there's so many ways you can redo this content. You could also take them out, God forbid, edit them, <laughs> which I have a friend do for me. <laughs> and you can create courses through that as well. You know, so that anything that you do can be reused and repurposed. And if you're using an ad network like AdThrive or Mediavine, having those videos in there, they do recommend that they are shorter. And there is... Here's another question for you. How long does a Facebook Live have to be? As long as it needs to be. So that could be five minutes or five hours. You're talking about repurposing content. I think it's a lot of places say, you know, you have to create custom content for each, you know, channel that you're trying to get it out there and stuff. Like, you, you know, you said that's what a lot of experts say. And I think it's important to remember that if, if you're trying to really dominate a specific channel, if you want to be a YouTube star or you want to be an Instagram star or a Facebook live star, then you do need to put out content specifically for that channel. If you aren't worried about like being a YouTube star necessarily, it's a lot better to put out your Facebook lives on YouTube than put nothing on YouTube because I think as bloggers, there's one thing we can all agree on is that there's too much for us to accomplish in a day, you know, there's just so many things you can do. So if you decide I want to connect with my audience with Facebook lives and this is important, then spend your time maximizing those doing a great job there and really standing out. And then you can push that content to Instagram and YouTube and all these other places. And it's not the ideal content for them, but it's a lot better than nothing. And you're going to get followers, you're gonna be able to monetize it. And then you might go, Hey, this is starting to take off a little bit. Maybe I want to spend a little more time focusing over there now, but you can't focus on everything out of the gate anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so if you're an Instagram person, if that's your first thing, I would say go on stories every day. And again, it can be the smoothie you make every day. You can open either the, I've been thinking about, I may do this. So if anybody copies me, everybody's probably already done this. I want to do, I've been making um, overnight oats and I just cut up whatever fruit happened to come in my magic box that, that time. So I was thinking maybe I, cause I want to do a little more with Instagram and that could be one thing that I could do consistently. Look, it's an apple. Look, it's a peach or whatever. And what spices. But I think if you do something that's just normal and part of your day, I think especially on stories is great. I check in with my group on Facebook and sometimes I do an Instagram story as well if I when I take a walk. Oh, yeah. I'll take a walk and then what I've been doing and and again this in normal times it is not appropriate for me to talk to vegan recipes cooking with Kathy Hester about my walk but I just check in and go how's everybody doing? Today I'm trying to clear my head. I'm taking a walk. What are you doing for your self-care? Because it's mm -hmm. appropriate some things are appropriate right now that have never been appropriate before for food bloggers. Yeah. And I think even if you just check in and you go in live in your group or your page and you go, hey, I just wanted you guys to know I'm thinking about you. I appreciate you. And tell me what it is that I can help you with. You got some vegetables. Do you need a recipe? 
you could stop it right there if nobody comes on and go back and read the comments and get more information that will teach you what lives you can do and what posts to do. For some of the people out there that are doing Facebook Lives right now, um, you'd mentioned working with brands occasionally. Is that in a like sponsored post type capacity that they um, are they're paying you to talk about their brand on your site, or are you like going on and kind of taking over their Facebook account and doing a live on theirs? I haven't really done a lot. I'm trying to think. I may have done a live on one site before, but most of the time it's on mine because. I usually can get more viewers on mine than they can. Um, but I, and I don't forget, let me forget to tell you, but like I kind of have a little way that I get some more people on too. So, oh, nice. but usually I do it on mine and it is almost always sponsored. There's sometimes like if I'm an affiliate for something, like I'm an affiliate for Milthy and honestly, I, we were working towards a sponsored relationship. <laughs> They're a new younger company but they have a good affiliate program. I think it's 15%. So, oh, nice. you know, I also have made some money through that. And so far they've got an, an electric pressure cooker, like an instant pot. I have instant pot books and some features that I like. They also have this immersion blender that I've been totally digging, which was random. I was not expecting to really love it, but it has a little thing that makes it into a little food processor. Oh, but it's cool. bigger than a tiny food processor, but big enough you don't always have to get the giant one out to do <sighs> stupid things. Yep. Yeah, so some things like that. Um, and actually, I'm saving that immersion blender one for when they get their stock back in because my people are dying for it because I've fallen in love with it. <laughs> but like with brands, usually I then pick a day and a time, and usually there's almost always it's a recipe I've developed for someone, but it could be, you could do an unboxing of a product. I think I unboxed the Melty 2.0 for a live and just shown some things like that. I actually purchased the new instant pot because I have to kind of keep up with that. And so I'm going to do an unboxing and boil water. Woo. Ooh. I know. Or, or figure something, maybe we'll make tea or something, you know, <laughs> something contrived. But, but yeah, so I've done some things like that, and it's kind of nice to get that going. I've done um, some with Idaho Potatoes. I'm talking to them about maybe doing another one. But people really like it. Uh, it with Milthy has worked with a lot of different people about trying to get them to do things, and I think it's helped the community know their name more. Nice. But you, what you would do is if you're already pitching a sponsored post, just like you might add, I could do an Instagram story, also add as an option, you know, for X amount of dollars, I can do a Facebook Live. Um, now I also put as part of that, that and then that's going to live on my YouTube as well. So that peop when people are searching for certain things, that that happens. It's just part of your sponsored post package that you're pitching a lot of people and some people take, up, take you up on it. And it's a great way for you to kind of just add one more thing that makes you valuable to the brands out there that they might be interested in. Right. And then the same thing is, is then I have this reusable content of a recipe. So if I was going to do that, then I'm going to be putting that back in the blog post. Yep. And people will have that opportunity to see that. So it works out really well. And so you said not to let you forget about how you drive extra you. Uh, watchers. Now you can't do this on your phone. 
You can do it from your computer, and you can do it for, through a program that I use called Ecamm, which is Mac only. Um, so I go in, and it has to be at least 10 minutes before, and you're doing it through, what did they just change the name to on Facebook? Anyhow, you go in, it's a scheduler, mm -hmm. and you can, you can go live right now, or you can schedule it, and they'll let you schedule it. I think it's 10 or 15 minutes is the closest you can schedule it. Yeah, I think it's 10. Okay. And so schedule it on a page or your personal feed. Okay. And then what happens is it puts up a thing going, Kelly's going to go live in 15 minutes or whenever I said in the countdown and you've gotten to say a blurb and a title. We did a showdown unboxing yesterday between two boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be a showdown. And unfortunately the people who did want to sponsor me kind of lost that one. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a but you maintain your integrity. So <laughs> yeah, it was like, Oh, it's $10 more to get, these six pieces of produce or eight pieces of produce versus this pile of produce that I got for $40. <laughs> like watch the unboxing, see what's new, blah, blah, blah. So then I take that comes up and then I, if I saw on a page, it's going to show your page icon. You're going to click that down and go to you. I share it on my personal feed because my personal feed is not personal. Some people's are mine has, cease to exist. I share it on my Facebook story. I share it on two other pages I have. I share it into at least three appropriate groups. Two I own, one I'm, I'm allowed to. Sometimes, like, I did a Rancho Gordo unboxing, and I took a risk, which you shouldn't do, but I knew, I figured Steve wouldn't mind me just doing an unboxing, and I knew I was going to love everything, because I love everything he does. <laughs> And so he actually talked about it and their people shared it. Oh, nice. So that's one way to kind of drum up some business too, right? And if you can do it, it's, I do it too often, 10 to 15 minutes before I go on. If you can do it an hour before or something like that, that gives people time and it'll just count down and then it turns into the thing. And yep. so even on the Facebook producer, you'll still be in that one weird little thing. And this just doesn't exist on the phone. They have two systems. You see yourself and you can see comments and everything right there in one place. One of the things that I've started doing is scheduling it ahead of time. And then I will, because a lot of the stuff I'm doing is like an interview. So I can tell you on Monday and Thursday for the next three weeks, what I'm doing Monday at one and Thursday at 6.30. So I know this ahead of time. And even if you're just know that you're going to do a recipe, you can plan, a, you know, far enough ahead, schedule it, and then you can promote it in your newsletter. You can send it out a week ahead of time, like, hey, next Monday at one, I'm going on, you know, Facebook Live. And then Monday morning, you can send out another update to your newsletter and say, just a reminder, and it's a good way to get, you know, another 5, 10, 15 people in there live, and then a lot of views, you know, after the fact when people are going through and have time. But that's something that I've found to help out a lot as well. Uh, yeah, no, that's a great idea. And another thing I do too is I will go back and share older Facebook lives. Go, don't forget, last year we made this summer vegetable plate in the Instant Pot. You can still watch that. It still works, right? And they're going to watch it and they're going to click on the link to get the recipe. And so I get the view. And so, you know, it all kind of comes around. Now, if you're doing it on your phone, and there, again, there's nothing wrong with it, and I wish that Facebook had a better 
there's you get some pluses for being on the phone that you don't get for being on the computer like you can do kind of like interviews on your phone you can bring in another person where you can't bring another person in on through your computer it's it's a little weird yep um, but there are other programs so like I said I use eCam and you can use mini Minicam is one that I'm testing right now because it works on all platforms and it works on like tablets and phones and you can nice. add extra cameras onto it. I'm just starting to test it. So at this point I can't wholly recommend it, but price wise it's like 120 bucks for forever. Oh, nice. Ecamm is not that expensive. It's like 20 or $25 a month and you get a lot. I can go live on YouTube through it. I actually have started teaching my classes on YouTube, scheduling that on an unlisted, because I feel like sometimes when I'm doing it, it they're just Facebook was getting really overloaded with live video and everything was slowing down and getting weird and they were being weird. So I don't know mm -hmm. if you went through some of those weird things with live producer that I, I did. <laughs> I've used um, StreamYard to do mine because with doing interviews with people on the on I, I record on my computer and I have a, a little webcam and it you can't you know interview people anymore on Facebook through the computer so I had to use a different software so I use StreamYard and it's it's very helpful if you if anyone out there is interested in interviewing people that you just send them the link it's like Zoom basically and they click a link and they can you know, through the browser, through their phone, they can log in and then you have control over adding people to the feed and a little bit of graphic control. It's nowhere near as powerful as Ecamm is, but it's for one of those things I was like, I'm going to go for the easiest thing. So it, I don't have to worry about the technology. And then if I need more functionality, once I'm comfortable with this, I can then upgrade to something else, but I'm starting off as simple as I can. Well, and StreamYard is used by a lot of people that have PCs, so there's nothing wrong with it. I, I started with Ecamm. Like, I was with Ecamm before it was a monthly fee. And I've even, I love it so much, I've upgraded, so I now pay the monthly fee. Nice. Um, because it, it also, I can record video on there, I can go live in these different places, I can schedule things through there. It's also a way that you can do a one-person demo having multiple cameras. Nice. And okay. so literally a click of a button, because like you saw my phone, sometimes off my phone, I'll have an overhead camera and I have a camera in front, so I can just switch those as I will. Uh, yeah, you have your different camera angles set up. Can you take us through kind of? Uh... Absolutely. So I'm actually on virtual cam. So this is my gig camera, and this is usually where I am, and this is where you're seeing my phone. And I want you to notice there's no wires. <laughs> and for the podcast listeners, go to makethatbacon.com slash Kathy, and we'll, uh, we'll pull out um, a short video of this as well. So you'll be able to click through just to the section and kind of see the different camera angles she's talking about. Okay, great. And so like this, normally I have this angled up so I could show you guys the lights, remember, and I can do that. So I was going to try and do it where you could see the screen and everything. So this is the camera, and usually I would have this maybe up and then over, so if I wanted to show maybe saute above, and then, so like this camera is the one that I'm gonna to talk to, you can see the chopping and different things like this, and then there's the overhead camera, right? Yes. And so this is normally where I would blend things or show sauteing or open up the Instant Pot, and in fact, let me see if you can, if you can kinda of see, 
Cheryl rigged a little personal fan. <laughs> nice. So, because what will happen is you do, you start sauteing and then the lens starts to fog up. Yep. So it blows the air away. We need a That's stronger genius. one. Yeah. No, Cheryl is amazing with some of the stuff that she comes up with. So with that, I mean, that gives me a lot of room. And I actually had the camera set up over by the sink when I was doing um, a tempeh video. So I wanted to show people what the black beans looked like out of the can, which I know seems silly, but with tempeh, like the, the only way you can make sure you're having no fail tempeh is that your beans are cooked perfectly al dente. And the best way to cook beans perfectly al dente is to open a can. (laughs) (laughs) There are other ways. There are other ways. But like if your main focus is tempeh, so we did two kinds. We did one where we started black bean tempeh from a can. And that way they can really see a close-up of what that was looking like versus how I make home-style beans. I'm from the South. So I cook my beans down to like mush because that's the way (laughs) I like them. So, and hopefully that helped a little bit as far as the angles. And I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize that I needed another permission for Ecamm, but what, what you see is I, I see what you guys see big, and then I see each camera as a little square, and I literally move my mouse, click, click, click. That's how I change my camera angles. And it's also in Ecamm, you can do things like I could have different scenes, so I could have one camera where it's um, really zoomed in on something, and so you can do different things like that, too. It's, it's an amazing program, and I've made it central to my business. That's so awesome. that's about all I can say about that. <laughs> but if you haven't got started yet, pull out your phone, go live on your phone, and then down the road, you can go through all of this. <laughs> Absolutely. Because the thing is, is until you're comfortable, it doesn't make sense to upgrade to, you know, and I am just like everyone else. I will make excuses to buy fancier equipment before I can even, you know, because I do, I have a Sony a7R2. It's my front facing camera with a really nice Sigma Art 35, which is why that camera looks so much better than this one. Right. Um, But but you know what? Before that, we were using GoPros. Yeah. I used GoPros for a couple of years. We used some webcams before that. Um, I used a phone, and I run on the other side, run around and slide in <laughs> so that I could be on this side, which is the worst thing ever because, again, 12 feet long, five feet tall, and I'm jumping over wires for lights and stuff. <laughs> and I would, I would come in front of the camera and look like I was terrified. <laughs> and it wasn't that I, was, I wasn't terrified about being on camera. I was terrified I was going to fall down while the camera was going because that would have been really exciting. Yeah, that would have been a really very very authentic. <laughs> <laughs> it would be authentic, Kathy. That's for sure. <laughs> And you'd hear Shell going, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so people that are interested in getting more information and learn more about going live, you have two courses available, correct? I do. And um, they're near the bottom. So I right now my classes are on Podia. So kathyhester.podia, P-O-D-I-A.com. And I've got lots of 
vegan cooking classes, which you are welcome to take. But if you're a food blogger, I would be shocked that you chose <laughs> to. But the the person's husband or wife that is listening <laughs> wants to take one. Um, I have three th ways that you can work with me. One is um, jump into live video using your phone, and that is a take-as-you-want recorded class. You have homework and things. It's like 18 short videos, and it really I show you step-by-step step what it looks like to go into Facebook and do it, what it looks like to go into Instagram, where all, and all of it is phone-based, so you're seeing the phone screen and everything. The second class is longer. It's a four-week class called Live Video for the Shy and Reluctant, and so if you're shy and you're not sure you want to physically be on camera, it's a great place to be. If you're just reluctant or you're kind of putting, know that you're putting barriers like, well, I don't have a thousand dollars to spend on equipment. I'm looking at you. You know it's true. You just need your phone, right? So what we do in Shine Reluctant is you get more homework because I am the homework queen. And we do things like go around in different parts of our house. What does this look like? And you post it in the group. And because everyone thinks they can only tape one or two places. Now, obviously, with food, you are a little limited. But you're still going to end up doing some talking head videos. And there's plenty of wonderful places. You can have tea and questions, right? Or coffee and questions and sit out in your backyard in the garden. And um, I have some friends, um, Nancy McDermott and Jenny Field, and they are actually reading to their people. They're taking their community and nurturing them a lot. So they read every single day. Wow. Different books. Yeah. So even though you're a food blogger, and I'm not saying you have to do these other things, but you could. You could even just hold up a cookbook and give your review on it if you just didn't want to do anything else. And then you can work with me privately as well. So I do consults. And so you can get a half hour consult through there as well. And we can set that up because I can work with you either on the very beginning or if you're looking into trying to get some equipment or you can go to kathyhester.com and I have a list of equipment. I haven't updated it with my new mic yet, but, and it's just going to keep being updated and you can get an idea. There's no one right way. Jason's going to have a different list than I have, than Adrian Salisbury has, than every single person. And so there's, there's no one right way. Know that too. I think that's great. And it's, that's one of the benefits of starting off simple and then figuring out what, what you specifically need, what type of videos you are actually doing, and then getting the equipment down the road that accomplishes what you're going to use it for, not what you think you might need in five years. Right. In five years, we may have a solution that's totally better too. And, yeah. and even though I use an overhead camera, you don't have to have an overhead camera to do cooking classes. You know, you can kind of work around, you can show, you can have your camera pointed down and make this longer. So if even if your main goal is to do online cooking classes, you can still do it. Tripod phone, remember? Yep. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your expertise with everyone. This was super helpful. I know I got some tips so I'm going to use in some of my upcoming lives. So I really appreciate you just being uh, so warm and just giving of all your information. 
Oh, well, thank you so much. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on. I really appreciate it. This has been Making Bacon, all about helping you serve your fans, grow your income, and get the most out of your blog. Until next time, I'm Jason Logston. <laughs>